octalkradio.net. You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franz. Graham listeners, appreciate those of you that are listening to the program live, and of course those that download our show as podcasts. The last 30 days you've downloaded over 12,000 podcast versions of the radio program, and we do appreciate that. And as I told you at the top of the show, our second guest today is Jerry Wilson. Jerry is here in the studio with us. She's the Executive Director for the Pediatric Cancer Research Foundation. Jerry, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for asking us on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Tell me a little bit about your background. What were you doing before you became the executive director for your organization? Sure. Well, my background really is working for children's hospitals in the hematology oncology, which basically is a gentler way to say working with children and families with cancer. And mm-hmm. I worked at Children's Hospital Orange County and then up at Miller Children's Hospital in Long Beach and have just really grown a um, passion for um, helping to cure this. I'm not the researcher, but I'm certainly somebody that can put uh, people together and uh, help find a cure for these diseases. So let's talk about your organization. Tell the audience, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit about the Pediatric Cancer Research Foundation, your mission, kind of your purpose, and the role you play in the community. So we were started um, in Children's Hospital Orange County in 1982. Uh, Dr. Mitchell Cairo was one of our founding physicians that worked out of the hospital. We still fund his research today. Um, our mission is to improve the care, quality, and life of children with malignant diseases. So mm. we kind of cross the border of um, a lot of different types of cancer. You know, in, in 1982, one of the things that I think PCRF is really proud of is where we've come to in just the care of and the quality of a child's life. Um, in 1982, if you were diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, it was about an 18-month journey of extensive radiation and chemotherapy with maybe about a 40% chance of survival. Oh. And now in 2013, it's about a 90-day treatment, and we have about an 80% um, chance of survival with the kids and sometimes more. Wow, that's fantastic. That's a, that's a great story. Talking about the value of the research and the organization that you helped to provide that research, what is your role in the community? Um, I'm not sure what I don't do, but um, as the executive director, really my leading role is the chief development officer and to get awareness out about this cause. You know, when I worked at hospitals, there was a lot of different things you could offer to people that were very philanthropic and wanted to support the hospital, whether it was art rooms or reading or or fun things for the kids to do, and really. The people I'm trying to identify for this are people that want to understand what a return on their investment is and business development people that understand how important research is because without the research, we don't have the kids in the playroom. And they both go hand in hand, but we solely exist to support the world's best research around the world. And so you do uh, provide support to organizations beyond Orange County, to researchers outside of Orange County? Absolutely. And, you know, the way cancer has been treated has been changed over the years. Um, If you are diagnosed and you happen to live in Orange County, whatever protocol might be best for you might not be coming from the hospital here in Orange County. It might be coming from what we like to call consortiums across the country. So you can still be treated where you live, but you might not necessarily be 
treated by a research um, protocol that came from the area that you live in. And so right now we fund um, a clinical trials and lab up at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. We fund some research up at Mattel Children's Hospital, which is part of UCLA. Mm -hmm. We fund um, some T-cell therapy research with Dr. Cooper at MD Anderson in Texas Children and also up with uh, Dr. Mitchell Cairo at New York Medical College in New York. So, you know, a pretty broad footprint across the country and right. uh, a broad array of different trials and consortiums of people sharing information to help save the children that are diagnosed. So you gave us some good news earlier about the, the, the prognosis or diagnosis for people, the children with uh, cancer, uh, at least one type of cancer. My question to you is, on the other side of it, are you... Are, what, is cancer showing up more in children? Is What's the general sense for that? Well, if you look at the numbers of kids versus adults, there's about 13,000 children a year that are diagnosed with cancer. So when you look at that on the, the broad, the millions of adults that are diagnosed with cancer, it's a very small portion of the population. But if it's your child, it's the only number that you're concerned with. Right. So, you know, we have about a classroom a day of kids in the U.S. that are diagnosed with cancer. So what does that mean to a lot of the pharmaceuticals and the big research labs? That means that the money is going to have to come from private funding right. to take care of these kids. Because if you're a business person, a simple decision, you're not going to most likely fund a lot of um, smaller clinical trials. So that's where organizations like mine come in place to help keep these protocols and research trials going to save these kids. Excellent. Great work. Let's talk more about you and your organization. You you mentioned you started in nineteen eight. Your organization started in nineteen eighty two. Mm-hmm. Um, you're celebrating thirty years of supporting pediatric cancer research. What new developments have come about for pediatric cancer recently? Well, I think one of the things that you're going to be hearing a lot about, and not only in pediatrics but in adults, is T cell therapy. And really, what that is doing is it's a key initiative where they target treatments for cancer. Um, it's a genetic approach to reprogramming your own T cells in your own immune system and injecting them back into your system and letting that fight the cancer, your own body fight it on its own level. And uh, one of the big programs that we fund, and MD Anderson is doing this, this is being done uh, across the country. We have a, a, okay. a lab that's being um, built right now in New York where they'll be doing a lot of these therapies also. You know, And the researchers I talked to about this tell you that if we keep going at the pace that we're going and we can keep money funding, this will eliminate the need for chemotherapy or radiation. Wow. And whether you're wow. an adult or a child, that's phenomenal news. That's huge. And the wear and tear on a body to save somebody with any of these treatments is um, just extensive, and there's no need for it if we can continue on with this T-cell therapy. So really exciting stuff out there. And I have to ask a follow-up question because I'm lear- I'd like to learn. When you use the term T cell, I'm not in your profession. Is there is there something else you can say about that to help me as a novice understand? Just think of us reprogramming the own, your own immune cells in your body to go back in and target a specific cell in your body that is mutating, and uh-huh. we can stop it from doing that. And it's not just our organization that's funding like that. There's a lot of um, buzzwords in uh, organizations around the world that are throwing money at this because they're seeing advancement in it. Okay, so that, to my ear, that sounds like a more natural way to combat the disease. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Versus chemotherapy or radiation, which have a very debilitating effect many times on the patient as well, right? Yeah, and, and debilitating, again, you know, we live in the pediatric world, but... When 1982, when we started, we were saving children, but at what cost? Mm. The neurological 
issues, um, growth plate issues, the different types of surgery that we had to do to save a child causes long-term side effects in a lot of different areas. So where parents were able to save their child, again, at what cost? What was their quality of life? And, you know, the people that I work with and the researchers we support are all about the quality of life. And yes, we want to save a child. And no, I have not had to go through this. I've watched other parents go through it. But you know, um, I have two daughters, and I would do anything to save my child. Most parents would, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? I mean... Your most precious commodity. Yeah, there's nothing most parents wouldn't do for their children if they could. So, let's... Um, thank you. Thank you for educating us. You're and, welcome. And me and the audience, we appreciate it, speaking on behalf of the audience. Can, can you talk about a current challenge, Jerry? And I, Oh, by the way, I am speaking with Jerry Wilson. She's the Executive Director for the Pediatric Cancer Research Foundation. What's a current challenge facing your organization, and what are you doing about it? So I would tell you the biggest challenge I have is finding funds. And the National Institute of Health, which was and still is a large funder of pediatric cancer research, really has dropped down to less than 5% of the monies that they give out every year to fund uh, grants around the world and different clinical trials. So what does that mean? That means that if organizations like MIND or private funders aren't supporting this, where is that money going to come from? Um, We exist to grant money out. That's what we do. And this year we have an open grant cycle right now. We're about ready to grant our monies out for 2014. And we had more grant requests this year than we've had um, probably in the past 10 years. We had over $30 million of funding requests. Well, in years past, we had maybe around 8 or $10 million, which is still a lot of money. Right. And I want to be able to say yes to everyone. I don't want to tell somebody, no, we can't. And it's only because we don't have the money. It's not because we don't want to. And you see this amazing research right in front of you. And I I can't get money to it. So the biggest challenge right now is just the drop in government funding of any of these protocols. So we've got to find it. And there's people out there that want to do it. And Mm -hmm. and shows like this help me talk to people and let them know the importance of not only just saving a child's life, but what they can get involved in um, on research on a national, global level to save a child. And that's why we do the nonprofit shows to help expose our community to worthy organizations such as yours. I need to ask, you said it went from around $8 million to $30 million. Why was there such a significant increase in requests? Because the National Institute of Health and other government agencies are depleting what they're funding. Got it. So, you know, large organizations like Boston Children's Hospital, Texas, um, and I could throw any name out there that's any of the top ten hospitals where they were used to getting multi-year grants from these institutions, it's not happening anymore. So Johns Hopkins of the world, the names that you have always heard that are synonymous with research right, are struggling names. to get money. Yeah, And and it, it was very eye-opening to us and our committee and our board this year when these requests just kept pouring in. Um, and, you know, it, we, like, we like that people know who we are in the research world and right. we're very well respected. Um, but... I look at these requests, I go, what am I going to do? Uh, one of the things that we also do that we're really proud of is we host an international symposium. So the top researchers from around the world come and visit us every four years, um, and they it's all about children's cancer in research. And we're the they only, come here to Orange County? Um, it was actually in New York last year, last year during okay. Hurricane Sandy, so it was an adventure. But they still came um, okay. because they knew that they were going to be with the best of the best in the pediatric world. And they came together and shared information. And it's about sharing information now. It's not about I'm this institution and I'm going to keep the information to myself. 
we're gonna we're gonna share it, and that's what um, the world of consortiums is all about right now. I love collaboration. We talked about collaboration with our first guest today around uh, city and local governments. Mm-hmm. I think the more that we can foster collaboration between organizations, the better off we all are. That's why I do the radio show is to help people connect who have similar interests. So thank you, Jerry. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the upcoming event, Dribble for Cure. Who, who participates? Tell us a little bit about it. If the audience was interested, how, sure. how would they get involved? So um, just to back up a little bit, the success we had on Monday, we hosted our 18th annual Rod Crew Golf Classic. Nice. And uh, it was up at Pelican Hill. It was wonderful. It's a great group of people, again, that come out to support pediatric cancer. A lot of those same people, those are more our business development people, our corporate people that attend that event. Dribble for the Cure was started for the kids, for the families, and we are all about taking care of the entire family because cancer doesn't just affect the child. Dribble for the Cure was started, um, this is going to be our seventh year at wow. UCLA. Okay. Um, we started at another school up in Los Angeles called USC. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. No. Uh, <laughs> that's what our uh, John Valley, our board member, would tell you also. He is a graduate um, of UCLA. He played on the 69-70 championship teams mm. with Kareem and, and Kenny Heights and some of the other names you guys all know about. And he wanted something fun for the kids to do, to um, participate and support cancer. So John is a cancer survivor himself. He actually lost his daughter when she was 13, and he's been a tireless fighter to cure this disease. So you can register as a team on our website. You can go to pcrf-kids.org and look for Dribble for the Cure, and you get to dribble the basketball around the campus at UCLA. (laughs) That's a big campus. It's a large campus. (laughs) It's not flat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With the men's and women's basketball team. And the coaches come out. The school supports us like you cannot believe. Um, I know UCLA men's and women are going to have a great team this year. Every one of them are there. They sign autographs. They spend the day with the kids. And it's just a fun day for families to be not a patient with cancer, but to be a kid and enjoy what it's like to be a kid. So like a walk, but you dribble the ball around campus. Is this a fundraising opportunity as well? Absolutely. It's a fundraising. And we have teams that um, come together from all over Southern California and uh-huh. come out. It's October 20th this year, Okay. Sunday up at UCLA. Um, all the information is on our website. Last tell me your website again. Uh, PCRF-kids.org. Thank you. And uh, come join us. And if you want to come see what it's all about and meet a lot of the great players at UCLA, it's a great opportunity to know what that program is doing. And the money from that event goes to support Dr. Ted Moore at uh, Mattel Children's Hospital and the programs that he's doing there. Great. Well, that sounds like a fun event. I hope some of our listening audience will take you up on it and visit your website and register a team and go spend some time on the beautiful UCLA campus, yeah. right? That's a great campus. We have about five minutes left here on the program today, Jerry, and I, I wanted to ask you if you could tell us about the future for your organization. As the executive director for your uh, organization, you have a long-term plan. Just give us a piece, a sense for how you see your organization scaling, growing in the future. You know, I think like a lot of nonprofits, we want to make sure, again, that we're collaborating. How can we help support um, and grow on our own um, with our charity starting here in Orange County in 1982 and then growing across the country. One of the things we're doing now as a national charity is to make sure that footprint keeps expanding across the country. So we um, are starting to have some national um, corporate partnerships with some rather large companies, which is fantastic because it not only allows us to kind of have a collaborative marketing program with them, but again, to just get the word out about what this um, organization is able to do. 
for 30 years we've been sustaining um, not just fundraising and events, but funding some of the best researchers in the world. And I just want that to continue. Um, there's a couple charities that we are emerging with, and you'll be seeing some things happening by the end of the year. And it's just exciting to see the energy come behind this from one physician and some families that started here in Orange County's backyard. Those of us that live in Orange County know what a wealth of people and philanthropy are in this community. Right. Amazingly powerful. So let's take that energy and and tell everyone across the country what we're doing and shed some light on some much-needed research and just continue to partner with the people that this makes the most sense for. So if someone wants to visit your website, I'm going to ask you one more time to let them know what your website is. Sure. It's uh, pcrf-kids.org. And uh, we've got all of our events are listed up there. We've got some great partnerships with um, John Lester and the Boston Red Sox and the MLB. Mm. um, Partnerships, uh, Dribble for the Cure, we don't only do at UCLA. We do at St. John's University in New York. Okay. We have some events back in New York. We've got some events across the country, meeting with the the MLB and and going down on the field with some of the, the players. We've got galas. We've got golf. We've got a little bit of everything if you want to just come check us out at an event. And then we're happy to share information on a corporate or a uh, individual level on, on what it's like to help participate in, in philanthropy for the charity. Well, this has been very enjoyable to learn a little bit more about your organization and you. I want to thank you for being a friend of the program. Welcome to our community. Continue the good work and continued success for you and your organization, Jerry. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That was Jerry Wilson, who is the Executive Director for the Pediatric Cancer Research Foundation. You've been listening today to our special monthly episode of the Critical Mass Radio Show, which we hear at Critical Mass and octalkradio.net call the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. And our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltas. Until the next time we have a chance to talk, I'm your host, Rick Franzi, saying I hope that all of your decisions move your organization in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the nonprofit show, right here on Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Dot net.